You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast, your one-stop guide to the stars, self-discovery, understanding the people around you, and a logical explanation for all your other weird life experiences. Get all your questions answered right here. I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. Welcome back to part two um, of the compatibility episode, aka episode four of the Space Witch podcast. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Um, So obviously I'm going to continue talking about compatibility and some more in-depth stuff that I didn't quite get to in my last episode. Um, but before I begin, I just have a couple announcements I want to make real quick. Um, so first one is just a quick little update. I'm still working to try and get this podcast up on Spotify and iTunes. Um, but like I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm waiting to get my account recovered and all that fun stuff. And it takes a while, unfortunately, which is super, super annoying, but I should be good to go very, very soon. Um, And you guys will be the first to know about it. If you guys want to stay updated, follow me on Instagram at the Space Witch Podcast. Um, I'm currently working on some content for that and trying to post more regularly. Um, But if you want to know like when a new episode's up, um, since I'm not on like iTunes just yet and you can't subscribe, uh, please, please, please go follow me on there. I'll even like link it in the show notes. Um, Or if you have SoundCloud and you want to either or if like you want to make a SoundCloud account please give me a follow I would love it so much if you guys did that and you could stay up to date with all my latest episodes um and not miss a single one so that's that um yeah so I just kind of like took a little break in between episodes and kind of just hung out had a snack listened to some more music um and I'm I'm feeling good again um yeah. So also another little thing I want to mention. So I have a couple Spotify playlists. So like, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but there's like a lot of songs I'll hear and I'll be like, oh my God, this is like, I'll think of like a certain sign or a placement. Um, so I have a couple playlists on Spotify that you can go follow if you're on Spotify. Um, I'll try to link it in the show notes also if I can. Um, if not, you can look me up on Spotify, uh, Whitney Levesque. It's just my name. You can find my name in the show notes if you don't know how to spell it. Um, yeah, so I have a couple playlists. I have a Venus, Venus retrograde, but blah, blah, blah. Wow, I can't talk now. <laughs> I blame Venus retrograde. Um, yeah, so I have a Venus retrograde playlist that I just kind of compiled. It's a little bit all over the place. It's got a little pop punk. It's got a little pop. It's got a little bit of rap. Um, I like a little bit of everything when it comes to music, so it's got something for everyone on there. Um, and I'm going to be adding more stuff to it as time goes on. So if you want to follow it, check it out. It's just called Venus RX, um, under my playlist. I have another playlist that I started a while ago. There's not too many songs on it, but I'll probably still add to it. Um, it's, so what I'll probably do actually. So originally it's, the playlist is called Cosmic Love. Um, I named it after the Florence and the Machine song Cosmic Love because like, there's some songs that just kind of remind me of like space and like the stars and all that fun stuff. So I started making a playlist of all the songs that like remind me of that. But um, I'm thinking what I might do, and this might be kind of fun. I might just add a bunch of like there's certain songs that remind me of like the certain signs or certain like um, 
you know, placements. So I might just add songs to it and then maybe like I'll make a blog post to go with it so that that way you guys can kind of go on and see like what songs remind me of what placement. I thought about doing like a playlist for all the different signs, but that just kind of seems like too much work. <laughs> um, so yeah, the playlist is called Cosmic Love. If you want to check it out, uh, follow it on Spotify. You can follow my Venus Retrograde playlist. Um, it's just kind of a fun little thing that I like to do because I love listening to music and I, you know, I like the whole like associating signs and placements with certain songs. So check it out. Um, I'll link everything in the show notes um, and I'll probably make a blog post to go with that playlist that I mentioned. So yeah, I'm just going to dive straight into where I left off on my last podcast episode. Um, in this Wow, playlist. I'm still thinking about playlists. Um, In this episode, I'm going to talk about... um, So, like, in the last episode, like I said, I talked about just your basic... um, Your basic, like, you know, things you can look at to know if two signs are going to be compatible or not. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about your moon sign again. I'm going to be talking about your Mars sign, your Venus sign, and I'm going to talk about the first house and the seventh house since that is also a big thing that plays into astrology and love and relationships and compatibility and partnerships. Somehow too after I took a break I'm still out of breath for some reason. Um, Like I said I really don't like to do a whole lot of editing on these so bear with me on that. Um, I mean like I'll probably do like a little bit of editing but not a whole lot. (laughs) Um so yeah um but anyways so I'm gonna start off talking about so if anyone remembers in one of my last episodes I talked about the moon signs and what your moon sign is and how a lot of it's like you know your relationship not your relationship sorry um how it's like you know your relationship to your mother or it is how you handle your emotions this is really important in compatibility um because not only like in a relationship are you going to be dealing with someone and their emotions but like you know, they say that in relationships, we project our childhood traumas onto other people. Um, And, you know, like a lot of people have like, you know, stuff from their childhood that they didn't deal with um, that kind of come out in your relationships. And so um, your moon sign has a lot to do with your mother and how you viewed your mother. And, um, you know, it also has to do with like, because it has to do with your mother, like, you know, everyone looks to their mother for security. Like when you're an infant or a toddler, um, you know, you're going to look to your mom to make you feel safe and warm and like, okay. So um, moon sign compatibility is really important in a relationship because, you know, that's going to be what nurtures you. It's going to be what makes you feel comfortable and safe. And, you know, what makes you feel like you can be vulnerable and share stuff with this person. Um, so a lot of like what I'm not going to go like about, like, I'm not going to talk about all the signs in the, the moon. Um, you can find that on my blog, um, later. Cause I kind of made a post for that for my last episode. Um, but what I will say is like, generally speaking, you can, you can use a lot of what I talked about in the last episode to find out if your moon sign is going to be compatible with someone else's moon sign. Um, so like, you know, if you know you're a Cancer moon and the person you're looking at is a Capricorn moon or a Virgo moon, you're going to know that it's generally going to be pretty compatible because, um, you know, it's an earth sign and a water sign 
and you know they're opposites and they're both cardinal signs so like you can kind of like look at it that way um i mean overall like you know you want to look at the chart as a whole you don't want to fixate too much on one placement um but the moon sign does come a lot into play in relationships and hello cat oh my god my cat is like sniffing my microphone and wants to know what i'm doing and wants me to pet him um <laughs> yeah so your moon signs are gonna be super important um excuse me He's like walking on my laptop, distracting me. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's your moon sign. <laughs> now that my cat's like done being rude and finally decided to like sit down and like chill. Um, yeah, so that's your moon sign. The next thing that I'm going to talk about that I haven't really talked that much about at all in this podcast is your Venus sign. So your Venus sign is you know venus is like the planet of love beauty luxury um it can sometimes have to do with like money or how you make money um but a lot of it it's about like how you show affection what you find visually appealing what you're attracted to it's also like kind of like they say it's like how you flirt or it's like how you show other people your affection um they also say that like so in a woman's chart a venus your her venus placement is like how she flirts and then in a man's chart like a man's mars sign is like how he flirts and then like so like for a woman sorry this is so confusing and then for a woman like her mars sign is what she's attracted to in a man um and then the same thing like in a male's chart like a man's chart is gonna have like you know you know the venus sign is gonna be like what he's attracted to in a woman um if you find that works for you, that's great. Um, I think it, it kind of applies and it kind of doesn't. Also, like, if you, you know, if this is, like, if you're, like, it can apply to anyone, whether you're, like, gay, straight, trans. Um, you can interpret it how you will with what, you know, feminine and masculine, you know, energies that you identify with. Um, so, yeah, your Venus sign is, like, it's just what you find attractive and how you kind of show that you um, are attracted to someone. It's how you show, shower them with affection. Um, so, and like what you look for in a relationship, it's what you love. Um, so like your Venus sign, it's like, it's what you love where your moon sign is like, that's your security, what makes you feel safe. So like, for example, my Venus sign is in cancer. So I'm like very attracted to people to like, yeah, I mean, people in general, I guess. <laughs> um, but from a relationship standpoint, I'm very attracted to men who are um, very warm and nurturing. And like, I feel like almost like they want to take care of me or like they do things for me or, um, you know, in a way I'm like, I guess I'm attracted to like a very like traditional kind of a man, even though like I'm also very non-traditional with my Aquarius rising. Um, you know, I like I always think it's like sweet like when a guy like goes out of his way to like do things for me that I wouldn't expect them to do even just like like holding the door open or something silly like that um you know with my Venus and Cancer like those are the kinds of things like I'm attracted to and you know like Cancer's all about family and like nurturing and like warmth I don't know I always think warmth when I think of like Cancer and Taurus because it's just like they're just such a cozy placement <laughs> like we just want to like hang out at home drink some hot chocolate watch movies cuddle with our pets like and that's really what like Venus and Cancer is all about is like you know they want the long-term committed relationship they want to have a family usually um obviously things like can make that different like 
based on other things in the chart. But like, I always feel like Venus and Cancer is like the kind of placement that's like, you know, they get into a long term relationship and they're like, let's move in together. Let's get a dog together. Let's get a pet. <laughs> let's cook together. That kind of a thing. Um, anyways, so getting back to what I was saying. So that's like Venus and Cancer. That's what I have. And then I have Moon and Capricorn, which is, you know, Capricorn's a very stable sign. Um, you know, it's very like not it's it's not like so wishy-washy and flaky and emotional. And so like from a security standpoint, like I need to be with someone who is very stable and like not overly emotional. And like it's a little contradicting sometimes because like, you know, my Venus and moon sign are in opposite signs. So there is some conflict there. Um, but yeah, we really look for like stability in a relationship um, and we also like people that can kind of bring us down to earth and ground us for when we do get upset um, because like, you know, it's just it's very easy to kind of like get caught up in other things and kind of lose sight of like what you're looking for um, because, you know, Capricorn Moon isn't a very emotional placement to begin with. But like, I think it's really good to have someone who either like helps you deal with your emotions or like someone who can um you know maybe because like Capricorn moons like we tend to be workaholics so like instead of uh you know actually getting emotional we might throw ourselves into our work and not deal with our emotions so having someone who can kind of get you to like pay attention to stuff like that is always super helpful um but yeah so what was I saying again um yeah so like I said your moon signs like your security and what like you need to feel secure in a relationship your venus sign is what you find attractive and what appeals to you and what's gonna make you look and feel good um moving on to your mars sign your mars sign is all about passion it's your masculine energy it's anger it's what drives you what motivates you um it's sexual energy so if you want to know like what your sex life is going to be with someone or if you know you're going to be a good uh match sexually with someone um maybe you have a friends with benefits kind of a thing or maybe you're seeing someone you want to hook up with them I don't know uh, and you want to know like what sex with them might be like you can look at their mars in the fifth house or sorry <laughs> not mars in the fifth house that's my placement I don't know why I just said that um not everyone's gonna have mars in their fifth house um but I meant like you can look at mars um their mars sign to kind of figure it out so so with that being said, um, so generally speaking, if someone has Mars in a water sign, they're going to be like really passive aggressive um, anger wise. They might be really shy or like coy when it comes to sex. I think the only one that might not be super shy is like Mars and Scorpio because Scorpio is like a very driven sign and it's all about sex. And I feel like they're very likely to just like seduce someone <laughs> um, like hardcore Uh so they're going to be kind of like that. Um, if you have Mars in an Earth sign, um, you might be a little more grounded when you're angry. Like you try to be kind of fair and like practical and like see the other side of things. Um, I know they're like, I think Mars and Taurus gets really like physical when they're angry. Um, that's a big thing. Like when you look at Earth signs, like they're very physical, um, which can also make them really good like in the bedroom because like they're very physical and sensual and like in touch with like that side of themselves um I know like people always joke about like the astrological like in the astrological community there's all these jokes about like you know like uh how like 
probably like the hottest like sign to like sleep with is like Mars in Capricorn or Mars in Scorpio because those are just two very driven signs and like I think um Mars is like exalted in Capricorn too because Capricorn is all about hard work and you know like they're stable so they don't like you know they don't give up easily so like if you're gonna sleep with a Mars and Capricorn like they're all in they're like very like um kind of like seductive I guess um not in the same way like a Mars and Scorpio would be but they're just very like driven and goal oriented so like they go into sex with like a mission um I've also heard like I guess Mars and Capricorn can be kind of like kinky sometimes too um those are all things you can kind of like figure out um about sex and your Mars sign um which I might we'll see. Maybe I'll do another episode specifically about sex and astrology. Um, but we're just talking about relationships for now. So that's your Mars in the earth sign or yeah, the earth signs. Mars in a fire sign is going to be very passionate and fiery, like fiery, like the element. Um, those are going to be very, uh, passionate. And like, I always think Mars in the fire signs, those are kind of like the one night stand sort of like, people um I mean obviously this isn't true for all people who have Mars and a fire sign but I feel like they're much more likely to because like think of fire like fire being like a quick flame you know you can turn the flame on you can blow out the flame like that kind of a thing um so they're very like passionate like I think like these would maybe be the kind of people to have like like angry makeup sex or something um but (laughs) um I always think like they could be uh, someone you meet at like a bar or a club and you like hook up with like one time and like they're super into it at the time and the next day they're just like over it. They're like, that's then, this is now, this is done. <laughs> um, obviously like that's not always true, but that's kind of what, like where my mind goes when I think of like fire signs and the Mars signs. Um, also when they're angry, they probably can be really mean because they're really blunt. Um, a lot of fire signs tend to be just very direct and to the point about things. Um, so they don't really like hold back. (laughs) Um, they kind of just say things and like apologize later. Maybe, um, again, fire signs are all about the ego. So they might, they might not apologize. Um, but they might. So that's your Mars in a fire sign. Um, your Mars in air signs. Again, this is another placement where I feel like because, um, the fire and air signs are a little bit less, uh, emotional, um, or a little bit like less attached to things. Um, this is another place where I feel like they could easily just hook up with someone or have a friends with benefits situation, or maybe they have like a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship. People with Mars and air sign, they're very detached with sex. Um, they are very like, they, I don't know. They're just not like clingy. Um, they are like, they, they're totally cool with just like being friends with someone and like hooking up with them like whenever like they're they don't really it's not like this like for so like if you had Mars and a water sign um for example like I have Mars and Cancer so like sex for you is very like intimate and special and like sacred and it's like this big spiritual emotional thing um whereas uh someone who has Mars in in air sign they're gonna be like it's just sex it's whatever it's not a big deal people do it um they're just gonna like be really overly logical and rational about it and they're just not gonna get their feelings all tied up in um their relationship relationships um so like I said these are the people that I feel like would probably do a lot of like unconventional like 
uh, you know, things like open relationships. Maybe they go to sex parties. Maybe they, um, like I said, maybe they like to have like group sex or threesomes. Maybe they, they're the kind of people that'll go to like a strip club with their partner. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's where my mind goes when they're angry. Um, I imagine they just get very like heady about it. Um, I don't, it's hard to say cause I don't really, I haven't had to deal with too many air signs. Um, but I think they'll probably like take themselves out of the situation and just like think about it and then they kind of get over it and they just rationalize it all out. Um, like I mentioned, like, I know like, like Mars and Gemini is kind of like all over the place. Like they'll get really, really mad and then they're just over it <laughs> and it's fine. And I think like a lot of the air signs are probably like that. Like they get really upset and they maybe they freak out and then they calm down and they're like, it's whatever. <laughs> like they're just over it. Cause like I said, it's a very detached sign. So they just kind of like, it's there and it's gone. Just like the kind of just like the fire signs. So, um, from a sexual standpoint, if you are looking to hook up with someone, um, if you have, you know, your Mars in a water or earth sign, those are the two things that are kind of like going to work for you. Um, so either someone else with a Mars in a water sign or someone else who has Mars in a earth sign, they're going to be like more sexually compatible, compatible with you. Um, then like if you have your Mars in a fire sign or an air sign, you're going to want to look for someone who's either in the same element as you or someone who is a, you know, fire or air sign because they're just more compatible. And of course, as I mentioned in my last episode, um, you know, there's there's always exceptions to the rule. Um, like I said, for example, like I'm a Mars in Cancer and my boyfriend is in uh, a Mars in Libra um, and it still works and it's fine. <laughs> um so yeah so that is your mars sign um the last thing i want to touch on is your first house and your seventh house um this is a really 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 important thing to look at in relationships for so many reasons first of all it's like this is these two houses they're always going to be opposite of each other and they're always going to be in opposite signs always um this is all about this is going to be all about like how you come off to the world and how other people see you and how you see people. Um, the first house is like ruled by Aries, um, which Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. It is, um, you know, it's all about like the physical, like physical stuff, like your physical body and moving your body and how you look and your appearance. Um, so your first sign is also known as your ascendant sign. Um, everyone has one. It's based off the time you're born. Um, and it's just, it's literally, it's how you come off in personal relationships. Um, so there's like a whole dynamic in astrology where you have your first house and your seventh house dynamic. You have your 10th house and your fourth house dynamic. And so your first house and seventh house, those are all about relationships and partnerships. Um, whereas you have your 10th house and your fourth house, which is kind of like your home where you grew up. And then it's like, where are you going? So it, it goes from your home to your public persona and your stance in the world and how you appear publicly. Um, and this is why like you can see people online um, or in the public eye on like YouTube or on TV and you might see a celebrity or someone and they come off a certain way on a public platform. And if you were to meet them in person, they might be like a whole other person. So like, for example, like um, my 10th house is in Sagittarius. So you're listening to my podcast right now and you're thinking like, wow, this girl sounds like a, a Sagittarius type personality. Um, you know, she's here teaching me about astrology and, you know, telling me all these things. And, um, 
you know, educating me, which is something I actually love to do is to educate people. And I like getting, you know, I like getting preachy. (laughs) It's fun. Um, That's my thing. And so then, you know, if you guys were to meet me in person, though, I might seem totally different to you. Like I have an Aquarius rising. So like Aquarius is a very detached sign. So I might sound very fun and personal or uh, personable. That was the word uh, personable on this podcast. But like if you met me in person, I might be very like cold and like distant and kind of shy. Like I might be kind of like observing you before I decide to like be your best friend kind of a thing. Um which, you know, Aquarius is a friendly sign. So like I am friendly. You can approach me. I will talk to pretty much anyone. Um, but you're just going to get a totally different vibe than what you hear on my podcast, for example. Even though like I think my podcast is pretty true to who I am as a person. Um, it's not that much different. Like this is honestly like how I talk to like my friends um, and my coworkers. Um, so, yeah, so it's not that much different. But like it, like I said, it's just like a different vibe. Um so, so getting back to what I was saying, um, so yeah, your first house is like your physical body and your appearance and, um, like how you appear in person to people on the opposite end of that, you have your seventh house. So if your first house is all about like you and your appearance, um, your seventh house is also known as your descendant. So it's the opposite of your ascendant. Um, and you know, so like the first house is how people see you. Your seventh house or your descendant is going to be all about how you see other people. It's also going to be like your shadow side and your like negative um, traits of like your like general personality. Um, I will say, go backtracking a little bit, your first house too, like, or your ascendant, it's all that kind of like colors your chart. It's almost like the overall theme of like everything in your chart um, that kind of just glosses over everything. Um, but anyway, so like for, so I'm going to use my own example again. I always try to tell people your first house is, it's how you want to appear. And then, like I said before, your seventh house is how like, you know, it's the negative sides of that, um, that you don't really pay much attention to. So like I'm an Aquarius rising. So I always tell people about like how I'm vegan and I like want to try to go like, you know, zero waste and do all this, you know, humanitarian Aquarius stuff. Um, and how like I want to get a rescue dog and do all this good in the world. And, you know, that's my Aquarius rising coming out because, you know, Aquarius is humanitarian. We want to help the world. We want to do good things. We're unconventional. We want to do things differently. Um, and so in a weird way, literally weird because Aquarius is like known as like the weird sign. Um, that is how I strive for people to see me. Um, it's kind of like this weird, crunchy, like hippie person, I guess. Um, and so on the opposite end of that, I have Leo, which Leo is a very selfish sign and it's a very like, look at me sign. And, you know, I want attention. And, you know, it's funny because I think in a way, like I strive to be a selfless person. And a lot of the times, like I'll hear, I've had people tell me like, oh, you're so selfish. You're so like into yourself and blah, 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 blah. Um, So sometimes like when I'm, you know, not acting the best, I might be selfish. I might be kind of like a Leo. I might be lazy. I might not want to do things for other people. Um, Another good example I love to use is people with like Sagittarius rising because I've noticed this a lot in um, some, not all, but some people I know who have this. Um, Sagittarius is like, you know, when you have Sagittarius rising, you want to be like this mature philosophical guru and you want everyone to think you know all this stuff and you want them to think that you're so mature and you kind of on like a bad day you probably give off like a holier than thou 
personality and you love to preach to people about like how mature you are and how like you know you just you're so mature and worldly and know all this stuff but then like when you are acting out you act really immature and that's the Gemini descendant coming out and just you know kind of like spit firing at people and being rude and all over the place um so that's like your shadow side coming out so the same dynamic could be applied between any two signs those are just like the two examples that I really like to use um so it's like it's almost like like I said because you know relationships are like a mirror when you're dealing with someone you're projecting stuff onto them and in return you end up getting a lot of stuff projected back at you which is why like you know in a long-term relationship you can learn and grow so much if you actually take the time to um you know work with your partner and in fact like I think that's one of the most beautiful things about any sort of long-term committed relationship is um if you and your partner are both willing to commit and take the time to work on your issues and help each other. Um, that's like the real nitty gritty like soulmate work right there because, you know, they say soulmates and this doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship or a partnership with someone else. Um, you know, they say like soulmate, soulmates. Wow, <laughs> almost couldn't say that. Um, soulmates, they come into your life to teach you things and to um you know teach you a lesson and they can come in a lot of different forms it's not always necessarily romantic um but i think that's the beautiful thing about twin flames and soulmates and stuff like that is uh you know when you when you meet someone and you connect with them you are doing all that inner soul work just by being with them because you know a lot of issues come up in relationships because like i said before we end up projecting all of our childhood traumas and issues onto the other people and so when you meet that right person who gets you to just stop and say you know hey like let's talk about this let's work through this why do, why are you doing this when you're upset why do you ignore me when we get in a fight why do you run away why do you do all this stuff so when you actually get that right person to sit down and be like this is an issue. Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. And if you're actually willing to sit down and talk about it in return, it can be such a beautiful thing, um, you know, in that sense to care for another person in such a way where you realize like you have all these issues and you need to work on them and you're working on them for the greater good of like, you know, yourself and the other person, um, which is a totally off topic thing. Well, not totally off topic, but, um, you know, just one of the wonderful, wonderful, uh, dynamics of you know how relationships tend to work um so yeah so your first house and your seventh house it's like I said it's like a two-way mirror just like a normal relationship you know when you're working with someone um so like I said your first house is your appearance it's how you come off um you can have certain planets and placements there um that might affect like how you feel about your appearance might affect your confidence levels like you know you could have Saturn in your first house and be really insecure about how you look um, or stuff like that, or you might have a very serious, uh, personal, you know, way that you come about or come off to people. Um, and because you have that first house too, that's also going to show you like what kind of people you attract or what placements you attract. Um, so like for me personally, I have Aquarius rising or ascendant, um, which is an air sign. So I attract a lot of air signs and sometimes fire signs. Um, like I have a ton of Libra friends, um, and I have a lot of Gemini friends and I have a lot of, um, I have like, I've, I don't know, like I noticed in the past I attract a lot of Leos, but it never works. Cause I honestly like Leos don't really do much for me, um, in a relationship. Like I love them as friends and I think they're great to be around, but they are not really someone I'm 
super interested in in uh, relationship wise. Although I guess I can't say that too much because uh, my my boyfriend has uh, Venus in Leo, so I guess I'm lying a little bit. But um, I guess like Leo Sun people are just a little too extra for me. No offense to anyone who's a Leo Sun, um, <laughs> but yeah. So like you're gonna attract like a lot of like other signs that are either in the same element as you or they might be like I said water or um, earth if you have a water or earth rising if you have a fire or air rising you might attract a lot of other air signs or other fire signs and then also like you're going to be likely to attract a lot of like the opposite of whatever that sign is so like I said before my rising's in Aquarius and I attract a lot of Leos um, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so that's how that dynamic works your seventh house is like your house of um your seventh house is going to be that's the house of like partnerships um it's what it's like I, and when I say partnerships I mean like it can be r romantic relationships but it can also be like business biz business ships I guess that's a word now uh business business partnerships or it can be friendships even um and generally like so we're usually attracted to whatever is on the opposite end of our um first house so like in our seventh house so like me being an Aquarius rising I am attracted to people um, who have Leo characteristics or traits so I love people that are like really happy and funny um, like actually especially the funny part anyone who can make me laugh is just like I love them um, I love funny people and I love people that are very confident too that's a very Leo thing because Leos are very confident um, so that's kind of like that it's another thing to look at that plays into attraction as your seventh house also if you have any planets in your seventh house that's really gonna um affect that too so like not only do i have um leo on my seventh house but i also have virgo not virgo um i have my son in my seventh house which is kind of weird because my first house and seventh house are intercepted and my son's in virgo but my son technically does fall in my seventh house so um I have sun in my seventh house and then I have mercury also in my seventh house. Um, so, and it's funny too, cause like I thought about this one day, right? Um, I don't, I, for a long time I was like, I don't have a type. I don't like, there isn't a type. I just like who I like. And then one day it kind of clicked for me when I was looking at my chart. Um, so like having the sun and mercury there, I love people that are really confident and really smart. And people that I can like have conversations with and not just like, you know, like small talk with. I mean, like people I can talk about like anything and everything with. Like that's so attractive to me. And, um, you know, like I, I, I don't know, like I love confidence and I love brains. And that's really like what you get when you have sun and mercury on your seventh house like that. And so it was funny to like look back at the people I was like really attracted to. And like, you know, I, I guess I'm just kind of attracted to like really attractive but really like confident like nerds <laughs> um like I don't know like I, there's just something about like a smart guy who's really uh confident in himself um and like they know it um and it's funny too because usually these people are, are also like low-key very insecure um which is fine because like everyone's insecure of course um but like I don't know just people who are like <laughs> it's like you know, people worry about like penis size and I'm like, well, how big's your brain though? <laughs> um, not to take it down that, that way, but that's just kind of like what came to mind. Um, yeah. So 
like I said, really confident, really smart people. And so like even like, um, you know, you could have another planet in your seventh house too. So like if you have like your moon in your seventh house, um, you might be really attracted to women or men who are really maternal and like are really comforting and nurturing and just like want to take care of you. Um, so like, you know, all these little things can kind of, uh, can affect that. And I think that's about all I have to say for the first and seventh house dynamic. Hopefully I did a pretty good job of trying to explain that to you guys. Um, yeah. And I guess this concludes the rest of my episode. Um, thank you for tuning in and listening and I will catch you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening.